on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Hey, it's Wednesday, and here's your host, the man responsible for the music of Ambush Bug, the musical, Derek McCall. That's an all kazoo. Thing I have a on. dream now. Thank you, Lon. That is an excellent, excellent idea. Ambush Bug to take care of <laughs> my obsession with the next. Yes. Here he is. Anyway, yes, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting on Wednesday. Uh, this would be August 19th, and it is from Elusive Comics and Games 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. We got a lot of comics news tonight. We got a lot of uh, movies, movie news, quite a bit, which movie news that ties into Broadway news, I guess. Anybody want to do Broadway? Broadway. Hensley okay. Musical. Uh, yes, and I... Jazz oh, hands. oh, yeah, I'm sorry. We're pointing out... I'm sorry. We didn't mean to lift the curtain on your magic. No, uh, And uh, some TV news and some things that just don't quite fit, but they're intriguing to us anyway. And so, let us begin with comics news, because that... that Aren't you going to introduce long? Or, oh, I should. Did it? Yeah, all right. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hi, it's Lon. Lopez. That's great. Hey. That's great. And, of course, the producer... The man with whom we really literally, well, we could do it. We just wouldn't be recorded. <laughs> I'd do it. And I'm not even here right now. <laughs> you are too. Rick you, Brett Snyder. You are too. Yeah. Okay. Rick Brett Snyder. So let's get to the comics. We've got, um, I guess, first of all, because it, this is like a, a, a thing where Fanboy Planet actually first shed light on something that is turning into an interna- international phenomenon. Indeed. And that would be Roller Disco. Absolutely. No. Roller uh, Derby. No, we want Three Dog Night to return. Uh, no. Roller Babies. Uh, no. No, no, no. That Josh, Joshua M. Dysart. A man who you wouldn't think to look at him. was shaken up the world. He is shaking up the world. And yet in the comics industry, to look at him, they didn't think enough to give him an Eisner. He lost to Iron Man. You know, and this is, let me go, first of all, he not only, he, he lost the the Eisner to to the Invincible, not Invincible Iron Man, the something, the series that Matt Fraction's writing. I think right. it may, we called the Invincible Iron Man. Yeah. And the award was for Best New Series. Right. So really, <clears throat> and this says something about comics fans and voters, and I'm sorry if you feel tarred by this, by this brush. Yeah. That really... As much as I've enjoyed what Matt Fraction has done with it, Indeed, it's not book. a new series. It's a continuation yeah. of the status quo. It's the thing for that Iron they Man. keep doing, which is like, okay, uh, we're at issue seventy. How can we get some more people? Let's oh, do a let's new start number over one. one. Yeah. Whereas, or in this case, rip off. In this case, it's we just had a movie. Let's do a comic that's a little closer Closer's. to what the movie was. Yes. In the case of Josh Dysart, though his book for Vertigo is called The Unknown Soldier. And no there, connection And there whatsoever. was a previous series, long-running war series for DC called The Unknown Soldier. Yep. 
Josh several, took that took several. that title. Yeah, several different features yeah. along the way, but with the same character. Yeah, Josh took that title and created something brand new, politically aware. And if you go back, smart writing. And if Stephanie could go back and find in our archives exactly which episode we interviewed Josh like a year and a half ago, two years ago, about this before yeah. long before the book had come out, and we, and we still credit that as the most important interview we've ever done uh, because he certainly was making us very politically aware. Well, the rest of the world has caught up with Josh. So why don't you tell me – you said you had a little piece of news about what he had said when he'd lost the Oh, Eisner. he was just – he was very gracious, but he, he – Well, he is. After he – Great he, guy. He was in the audience and I've forgotten who he was sitting next to, another another kind of small, small – Elvira, I think. No, no, no. Uh, another another she book. She is not small. Another writer. Um, and he just basically said, we don't have to worry. We're not going to win because that's not the way this thing is going because – it's just it gets nominated by a bunch of people who are you know probably pretty savvy in what's going on in comics at the time, but it's a populist award, mm-hmm. and so. But you know what I have to say to that though? You can't stop the signal. The message is still out there. Is that something from Iron Man? Because you That's voted from, for Iron Man, didn't you? That's from Serenity. Uh, uh, no, I've ended, I've I voted for uh, Pogo. That never wins, though. Go ahead. Anyway, yeah, it's go ahead. better than la- last year. He, he he voted for Nancy. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a big Sluggo fan. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, the, we're going deep here. All right. So, so anyway, what did he say though? He didn't say any incendiary marks. Because his popular. No, he's not. He's too gracious a gentleman. Yeah. To to do that. However, he did he did comment that he he felt that the award was probably not the the best exam the way that the way that the awards were. Um, Awarded, you know. yeah, uh, and it was a lot of the things were kind of as you'd say populist things that everybody had heard of, right? And and despite, well, I mean, and this is the, true in our culture in general. What might be actually historically important, or might be uncomfortable to read because it's shedding light on a situation that people might not want to think about, isn't going to be. Let's face it, you know. We're buying Superman. You know, are there zombies in Unknown Soldier? No. Are there, let me know. ask you a question though. Yes. Can you tell me what won Best Picture the year Raging Bull came out? Uh, that was 1980, I think. Raging Bull lost to um, Chariots of Fire. Well, maybe you could, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I <laughs> love Chariots of Fire. The point is. In 1980, Raging Bull lost to Ordinary People. In 1981, Chariots of Fire was the Best Picture of the Year. It, people still well, no, talk absolutely. about raging bulls. No, and absolutely. Sure. And I say, and I say that to people. I say that to people every picture. year during the Oscars when they get when they get outraged and throw their hands up. And I say, look, I mean, you know, it, it's true. Just because something wins an award, which is, and it's not that I love the, you know, I do love the Oscars, but yes, they're to some degree populist as well. However, it's that is voted on by the members of the Academy, Academy who tend to be conservative right. and, and who tend to sometimes not even vote anymore and give it to their kids. And they may not yeah. recognize what's groundbreaking because right. they just don't like it. You know, and, that, and, that, and that's fine. And that's, art should not be an award. It shouldn't based. be about an award. What matters is, as George W. Bush would say, let history judge. And this is the case. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> quoting wow. our former president. <laughs> Um, wow. you know, I'm going to have to wash now. <laughs> right I wish you would. Uh, um, but, you know, but somebody did get an award. And as Dick Cheney would say, if you don't like it, shoot him in the face. Sorry. Yeah. You know, somebody did get an award. Who got an award? The people. Because the, people. the first six issues today hit the stance day of Unknown Soldier. a graphic Soldier. novel for nine ninety nine. And that's Are you out of your mind? Price. Six issues. 
six issues collected Graphic novel collected for ten bucks. That's awesome. That's some of the I would best, buy that. I best did. Reading you're going to buy. You're going to get. I did. Yeah. You know, I'd read some of some of them, and I'd been behind. And I saw that and went, no, I've got to have this on my shelf because I will get that because this is the kind of book that I want to show people of like this is what comics this is a can do. Buy two so you can loan out to somebody this, else. You know, this is what comics can do. If you think it's a child's medium so you or you think it's all about superheroes. So all, what our recommendation is, get to know the Josh unknown soldier. soldier. Get to know Josh Dysart, who last week was interviewed He's just amazing. In, in the New York Times. And then this week was interviewed in CNBC Africa. So the African nations are paying attention. And let's just catch up a little bit for those who were, were babbling on about the unknown soldier, which takes place in Uganda. Right. And the point of the interview and the point of Josh's research is Uganda is a nation in Africa that we've thought since we kicked out Idi Amin or he was kicked out 20 years ago, that's it. Problem done. On to something a little sexier. Right. Right. But there's a famine going on there. There's genocide going on there. There's still human trafficking tragedy on a daily level and and josh spent like a month living among the tribes he went back there and he said that a lot of it had settled down but he was able to do all the research he needed for this uh yeah for this book and so he's you know shedding light on a on a real international we problem. should point out that we did interview him that the people can go back and yes. listen to that that yes. podcast and and, and it's please still going to be valid today because we talked about it. yeah and it's awesome like you said one of our best interviews so. it's one of those yeah. it's one of those things that sadly current event it's not it's still current. So we want to pay attention to that. Now you, uh, Rick, were a little uh, – something that had controversy a few few months ago or a couple years ago when the character was first introduced, the new Batwoman. Right. <gasps> yes. And so you- I wanted to talk about that book. The style of it and the writing and pacing is – it's a big departure for me for most of the Batwoman well, Greg Rucka books. is the writer. J.H. Williams is the artist and – Used to be teamed up with Mick Gray, yeah. and now he's inking himself. And so, yeah, it is kind of an interesting layout style as well. And the art style, the character design, and even the even the word balloons, the way they're doing them, uh, very interesting. I had no expectations of anything from this book because I it had all been about the all the you know the fervor of that it's a lesbian character, but there's none of that brought out in the book. It's just a kick-ass superhero book, and. An, Really intriguing. One of the most intriguing villain well, villainous yeah. I've seen in and a long time. And it is the way that it should be written in that the fact that Kathy Kane or this version of Kathy Kane is a lesbian is completely – the only thing that's, that's, that's mentioned about it is that I think in the first issue – of her appearance, that there's, uh, you know, there's a fight with her girlfriend, a sleepover, kind of. Yeah, you know, and, and which is the way it should. It's, the character's yeah. sexuality should not be the character; it just happens to be part of what the character's Only life is. Only if it's North Star. But what do you think about the Alice character? She's interesting. I just love it from the from the bottom up. I mean the the design of the character. Funny you should say that. From the design of the characters, is kind of goth mm-hmm. goth looking, but all in well, white. Well, kind and, of like it's the Xenoscope version. If you want to look over, and I gesture, we you know we see we have a cover of Return to Wonderland near us, um, and it, and it, it does seem all goody goody. But she's part of that cult of crime that Greg yeah. Rucka had created during the final crisis the pair of automatic guns under under yeah. shoulder and, and of course mm-hmm. and of course the you know there's the wonderland connection and there's kind of odd you know so i like that and i'm still not really sold on the question as a backup 
Uh, is uh, that the backup story? The, the, yeah, the, the like eight pages. The eight page like yeah, that seemed that. Like a little too much, like um, a couple of pages of a fist fight in a barrio. You know. Well, and I'm oh, also still not. I'm, great, so, I'm still just not sold on Renee Montoya as the question. I don't think. Fist the, fight in a I don't think that's char- all it was. I love that. I don't think the character is visually interesting. They haven't really done anything to yeah. set her apart, other than now it's the question with breasts and, and the fact that something? she oh, she walks into a place. She's wearing a hat and she's got her coat slung over her shoulder, and then. Because she changes the color and puts the coat on, no one's going to recognize her because everyone, every woman in the building wears that kind of hat, right? Yeah. Do you think this question's less interesting because we know more about the, her background? Like, I mean, I guess we did know who the question was. It was like Danny Colt? No, Danny. No, that's that's, that's the, the spirit. spirit. Um, uh, Vic Sage. Vic Sage. Right, right, right. Were you? Did you read the Dennis O'Neill series? I did years ago. Was that the one? It, it, like it in may the be 80s? too old for. Yeah, I mean, I have it and I've looked through it, but I don't think I. I may. I think I read it and I forgot. It, it was. Is a, it is a reader's book. Was that yeah. the one? Didn't you do a side story with the Huntress? Or am I thinking? Yeah, there of have the, been. Well, in the Cry of the Huntress, there was a there was a miniseries oh, where okay. he became the Huntress's lover. Okay, and. What I think is that w- that was a character where it was about the character's journey, yeah. uh, about Vic Sage's journey and, and really the questioning. And instead, it's just a motif for Renee. Just right? to be a superhero. Just right? to be a superhero. Yeah. Who is she? And it really – yeah. And, and so – and there's a tie-in because she was Kathy Kane's ex-lover at one point. Right. They put that in the past. And so that's kind of why they're there, why she's there. And Ruck, I mean, it's a book for Rucka to write hard-boiled crime stories, which he's doing. Sort maybe of maybe he'll get around to it. Maybe, yeah. I, I'm just I, hoping after Blackest Night they'll just bring back Vic Sage. Yeah, I'd like, or I, I'd like to see a question Black Lantern. I don't think, yeah, I don't think Vic Sage had he had not uh, outstayed uh, his welcome. I mean, yeah. uh, no, because yeah. he had been underused for a long time. Yeah. And what gets proven is he's shown up in Brave and the Bold. He was ama- an amazing character on Justice League Unlimited, uh, and there with goes, the, that voice actor it was Jeffrey Jeffrey Combs. Combs Jeffrey Combs, so yeah. awesome, perfect as the which which just proves that that character still had legs. It's all about who, about yeah. is the writer interested in doing something interesting with that character. Anyway, Anyway, I, would, I wanted to say um, I the whole thing, detective, big surprise. I mean, that's a that's is a, that a flag recommendation. Sh- that's a recommendation. Is I, that Rick's pick of the week? Uh, well, it was last couple oh, of weeks because okay. I picked them up late. But uh, you think about it, detective is probably the DC flagship book since that is what DC stands for. And so you, you've got detective this character comics, in it. So the, comics. They've, it's nice to see that it's not just being thrown away on a on a. Crazy character concept. Well, cool. I'll no. check it out. And then, you know, uh, as till Bruce Wayne comes back. And then one thing we missed. Uh, Wait, he's not dead. Batman wise, a couple of weeks ago was announced at the Chicago Comic Con. He's resting. Yeah, he's, he's pining, he's, for, he's, the pining for the fjords. <laughs> Dang it! Um, and it, it is that uh, Brian Azzarello, who uh, has a book uh, out uh, today from for Vertigo Crime, which I reviewed on the site. Um, and now, like the name, Filthy Rich, uh, they're launching. Uh, you know, he's. He had written 100 Bullets and done the uh, – there was Superman – he teamed up with Jim Lee for a Superman arc that I didn't think was that good because I think Brian Azzarello really does crime really well and does kind of the noirish thing. Yeah, that's – and, and now he's really on the on the kind of thing that I'd like to see if there's a – you know, there's a writer I want to see on. Uh, Batman and Doc Savage are <coughs> teaming up in November. And DC is creating a 53rd Earth. They've had they have 52 Earths now. There's a 53rd, which is where all the pulp characters that they've just gotten the rights to. How can they do that? So you have Doc Savage, you'll have the Shadow, the Spirit, 
And Batman. They acquired and the Batman. spirit, too? Well, they've had the spirit for a while, but now they're putting I mean, him, now they're gonna oh. put him in a world. Now they're putting him in a specific world where Batman is the newcomer, Bruce Wayne, and Batman is the newcomer. Because he is a character most influenced by the Pulps. Wait, how are they going to release and a Blackhawk? Ba- Blackhawk is fitting oh, in that's cool. as well. I'm so. fine with this as long as you don't have to have Batman in each one of these books, because I really want a Doc Savage book. I really want a shadow book. The intent is that Batman's going to sort of just kind of fade away, that they'll know he's he's existing. And yeah. if you want a Batman fix, there are plenty. I can see him as, you know, this is how they introduce him. It's the same way when they brought Shazam out. They had Superman on the cover with him, too. Yes. And, well, know. that's just everybody does. That's like, just yeah. good. Anytime, that's just they, good launch, anytime they launch a new Marvel book, Spider-Man's always Because the, on the reality is, as much as we talk about Doc Savage, I don't think it's a character that honestly, and it's not meant to be an insult, has much resonance for you, Lon. No, I the only I never read any books, but I remember the movies seeing them on like Channel Two, you know, yeah. when I was a kid. So. Right, but there's not but there's not really that much comic book material for it. No. It's been at least yeah. a decade since Bantam has had any of the books out. You have Nostalgia Press and they're hey, up but, to like issue twenty seven. Sure, but Nostalgia Press I know it's, it's a small hard to find. Niche, you have to know you that have you, to, you, you have know. to actually now the Barnes and Noble doesn't appear to be carrying them anymore. So you have to subscribe. You, you have, have to, to be go someone to, who knows yeah. that that's what you want. I've exchanged mail with the guy already. Uh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah all right. And they so, did the, they've got the Avenger now, too. Yeah. But I, have, but I have to ask, though. And so, Justice Incorporated will be part of this Earth as well. Excellent. I have to ask, how is this supposed to be coming out before Bruce Wayne comes back, or is this supposed to be just another world back This is another world. world. This is another uh, world. Okay. So this is, a, this is a world where Doc Savage and, and the, I guess the Street and Smith pulp characters are existing with, some, with versions of non-powered DC heroes like Black Hawk. And the spirit. So do they have the whole Street and Smith that they have to negotiate for each one of these characters? I don't know what the behind the scenes have been. I actually I emailed uh, Ian Sattler about that when it was announced just to ask what was going on with it. Blackhawk and, and I haven't heard G8 anything back the yet. Battle Aces? Or? You'd be excited. I don't yeah. know. That uh, that could be. And then maybe why they put Blackhawk in there. If they couldn't get G8 in the Battle Aces, Blackhawk is yeah. a good already owned fit, right? Yep. Another piece of news that came out this week is that for some strange vagary of the calendar, uh, Diamond is not going to be shipping any books in the week after Christmas. Mm-hmm. So that means the week after Christmas or the week the, before Christmas? The week after Christmas. So, so the one between before Christmas New Year's. Vacation when kids yeah, between are... Christmas and New Year's, there will be no new books from Diamond. Now we have Elusive Comics and Games store owner Anna Warren. Really? Yes. Would you sit in here and tell us a little bit from the retailer's perspective what you know about this and what you might think the impact would be? Yeah. Okay. So um, actually, actually, it may have been me that spurred this announcement because just a week You've ago- You've been ner- known to spur things. I did. Just a week ago, I posted on the Comic Book Industry Alliance, a nice forum for us uh, uh, insiders, uh, that uh, I needed to know what the late shipping schedule was for the rest of the year so I could schedule you know, around the whole maternity leave thing. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so there's late shipping after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be a Thursday. That right, week. that makes sense. Uh, there'll be late shipping, I think it's after Thanksgiving. That also makes sense. And there is no shipping the week after Christmas, December 30th, um, which was interesting that as I started this conversation online, people saying, oh, well, the week after Christmas will be horrible. And how will we get our comics with the the weird holidays and maybe they'll do no shipping and many retailers going that would suck we can't have no shipping how would we handle no comics for one week and that would really actually suck it will really really suck because you know there's silly things like rent and payroll Mm -hmm. um then diamond said hey 
everybody. Uh, here's the late shipping schedule for the rest of the year, which is really weird timing. Um, so they have confirmed there will be zero new comics shipped out by Diamond on December 30th, which is the first time since evidently 1989 and probably the last time for the next 15 years because of the, the weird holiday schedule. It's sort of like a comet. I bl- blame the Aztecs. You uh, should. Both of you should blame those things. And um, <laughs> Aztec comets. As- Aztec comets. And, um, Aztecs. There you go. Uh, so what we are going to do, as many retailers will, we'll have a gigantic sale event, of course, that day. Well, because I was, I was thinking, well, that's good for my Christmas money. I can buy something that I want to and then I have to – Divert any funds for new comics. Yes, or that would be a great day to spend all the gift certificates you're going to be getting from people. That would be so nice. You know, if you love this podcast, come in and buy <laughs> gift certificates for me for Christmas. Fantastic. <laughs> and we do offer them in any dollar amount. Um, More than one dollar, please. Anyway, go ahead. Incur- yeah, dollar <laughs> amounts, yeah. So yeah. 99 cents, not a dollar. Um, so we will be doing a, a gigantic sale, of course. But uh, better is the possibility Marvel posted out today that they might be sending out some sort of very cool free item um, uh, to retailers available only on December 30th, a specialty item that would be limited in quantity, free, mm-hmm. um, to draw customers in on December 30th so Just that like people Christmas. would uh, – It'll yeah. be a sample of Captain America's DNA. That would be very cool. That would be On a limited. napkin. Really? <laughs> you want another man's DNA? Derek does. That's gross. Derek. On a napkin, Derek saliva, does. clone. Blue Absolutely. Dress. Blue, blue no. Dress. No. <laughs> I was going for a Big Bang Theory reference. Sure. Yeah, that's where I was going. Mm, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I bet. So, yeah, this is a really, really big issue. Uh, I don't know any retailers that are happy about this event. I mean, truly. Although one did say that now we could have a 13-day holiday for the first time in 26 years. Okay. You know what we should do? We should that's tell, such a selfish thing to say. I know. We should tell all the indie publishers out there... Get your books out. Get your books out on <laughs> through, December 30th. Through Haven? No, right. because Diamond's not shipping at all. It's Diamond that's not shipping. No, but Haven might be. Shipping. Haven will be, but very few people order from Haven. This that's is a good true. day to basically check out all your local comic book stores, bring in stuff to say, please put this out December 30th. You won't have any new product. Mine Charnold, will be one of the five Charnold, things on the show. This would be a fantastic day to launch your new books. This this would be a huge thing. Retailers will have nothing to sell. This is going to be possibly the one day in, in decades. He's that kind of like the Johnny Apple retailers can send in, yeah. send it in. Say say here's a note for your December thirtieth unsale, your mm-hmm. unnew comic book day, mm-hmm. and, and you're going to be featured because there's no Marvel, no new DC, See? no image. That's no the way to go. Yeah. The Indies shall rise on December thirtieth. Oh, So if you have any ideas regarding what Marvel should be releasing on December 30th, this free issue thing, this free... It'll be a reprint A working magic lasso. It's not going to be a comic. They will not put out something that people... The idea would be that people wouldn't say, oh, I could just wait till next week to come in and get it. No, no, no. This is going to be a unique item, something you're going to want to have for the new year, something that's very A replica Spider-Man web shooter. It'll be a calendar. A hammer ring. uh, A shield You know, you give away the shooter, you sell Oh, a shield ID card. This is actually a suggestion we put in today. So if you have a good suggestion, email... Some Hulk DNA... 
There you go. So email me at Anna at elusivecomics.com. Go to the website and you click can't the do link. You that on television. Email Derek and he'll forward it to me. But send sure. these ideas in and I will actually forward them to David Gabriel at Marvel. Fantastic. Sure so write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I will mm-hmm. forward those suggestions to Anna who will mm-hmm. forward them to David Gabriel. Fantastic. Thank you, Anna. You're welcome. That was wonderful and pleasant. Oh, oh it's because I'm pregnant and being nicer. <laughs> yeah, come again. <laughs> <laughs> this Anna, we like having as a guest. <laughs> Oh, oh, hold your fiance, <laughs> Eric. I'm sorry. <laughs> we used up all the nice. Poor bastard. <laughs> mm. All right, children. I'll talk to you later. What's up next? The comics industry has been rocked by a legal decision. Get out of here. Yes, you know again. We've, we've I know from time to time we've reported on the, it's the same one over and over uh, the again. The Seagulls isn't it? Eight. Yeah, but but now another another. Does it involve four- Cato Kalin? No. Oh, okay. Uh, another portion of the Superman lawsuit, which for years denied us the existence of a Superboy, has been settled. Where a judge has said that basically what the Siegel estate has the rights to and and basically ownership of are all the elements of Superman that occurred appeared in Action Comics number one, because it is ruled that basically what was that first story was indeed uh, an individual creation. And not a work for hire, as DC or what had become DC had, has argued all these years, Warner okay. Brothers. Which means that that uh, the Seagulls in 2013, when this kicks in, has the ha, will be the owners of Krypton, the idea of the exploding planet, uh, Jor El and Lara, and they may have access to. They may, what about the suit? Yeah, the suit, and they may they may even have the right to Clark Kent as an identity. Mon Pa Kent? No, because they're not named. Oh, yeah, they're just Mon Pa Kent. They're not they're not given first names in. So what the argument is that anything that was added in through the radio show, through the cartoons, through the movie serial, and through anything that was done once they had legally sold Superman to DC is uh, remains with DC. For example, like Kryptonite and Lex Luthor. So Kryptonite that was the radio show, and Lex Luthor would exi- would be they, uh, DC still owns. Would that. DC still own? Yeah. Yes. Which means, on the one hand, you can look at this from a pop culture perspective of that would at least save one element of the uh, if they did get another movie adaptation off the ground, because if you can't talk about the exploding about his origin, but yeah. you can talk about Kryptonite. At least thirty minutes of what usually shows up in a Superman retelling is the origin. Is, is not necessarily is not it can't be shown. So fantastic because who doesn't know? Oh, you know, but Hollywood's going to screw that up, right? Well, the fear we'll is give that, him a new origin, and and you can't give him a new origin. It's too iconic. So I, you know, I know it's not. You over know yet. that. I know. I know that. I know. It's but he had a baby in the last ep- <laughs> <laughs> movie. Well, to be fair, Lois had a baby, but yeah, yeah I know. I know. Let's not talk about that aspect, okay? But uh, you know what? We're not done yet. All it means is Warner Brothers is going to have to cough up up a little more cha-ching. But I think we'll be all right. And if not, I mean, they'll just... 2012. Superman will come from the planet of Krypton or something. You know what I mean? The Aztec calendar says we're going to be gone anyway. Yeah, let's not even worry about 2013. I get confused. The Mayans. The 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 Mayans. The Mayans. Yeah, the Aztecs. Can you tell the difference, Lon? I know you're half. Uh, Mayan, you're half right? Aztec, right? Half Mayan. I'm half. You're at Mexican. war with yourself. I'm. Yeah. So if you want to make fun of my heritage, sure, go ahead. I mean, no, I just want to make fun of you. Oh, that's fine then. Um, no, it's Mayan, but I give it no 
wait by acknowledging that stupid theory. He doesn't okay. even know what day it is now. Okay, so exactly. Uh, and and one other thing, and maybe this but, is a thing for those. You have the I, iPhone, so you can download this. I don't know. Or I don't have the iPhone. No, you you don't have an iTouch. No, wait. You, no, he's a Microsoft. Goodson has an iPhone. Goodson. Okay, Goodson might have homework. Today, Marvel, How dare you insult a Microsoft man? I, I know. I'm use sorry. a Sony Saga touchscreen, beautiful machine running Windows. Can you mobile. still download things from iTunes? Um, no. Okay. I well, can on my, on my Mac. Yeah, on so my we'll see if this, is, if this is usable on, on, the, uh, on a computer. Uh, Marvel releases released today. It's Spider Woman number one, the first official motion comic from Marvel. I okay. want to make sure I specify that from Marvel. There have been motion comics, obviously Watchmen, Sparks. Uh, a couple there's a couple other coming up. Uh, but this is available through the iTunes Store. So it's a motion comic. Is it a video comic or is it a flash or is it? I don't know what it is, but we'd seen a trailer for the Astonishing X Men where they'd taken John Cassidy's art right. and animated I think that, that was a video. And, and well, that was just a trailer. Well, we saw yeah. that was a trailer, right. but it was going to be turned into a full-on motion comic with uh, synchronized dialogue and and mo- moving mouths. All Does, that. Do we know if it's free down or is it cost? It's a dollar ninety-nine. Okay, a dollar ninety-nine. So uh, it's that's available today, and I believe in three months, and they will actually do a hard copy of the comic book Spider Woman number one and launch. Mm-hmm. So they're going to see here is the way to go out there and see what is the what is the real market for a digital comic when you put out a a version that has not appeared in any other format before and will in three months. Okay. And along with that, too, the PSP, Sony has announced that they, their DCU, the Digital Comics Unlimited, is coming to the PSP format. That is so confusing that Marvel has the DCU. On purpose. You know perfectly well they did that on purpose. Uh, in a, DC itself is not part of this initiative, but no. apparently Image is interested in, in jumping on board. Archie Comics is going to jump on board. Uh, I read some, some other smaller publisher. So to see if to see if that's a if that's going to be a viable format for reading comics as well. The PSPs, yeah. Which I didn't, you know, honestly, I didn't know the PSP was still a viable platform. I thought that it kind of. It's uh, it still bit, sells. Okay. And there's actually a PSP, PS3 connector and all kinds okay. of stuff. Yeah. Well, there you go. Let's move on to movies, shall we? Uh, because uh, the transition from comics to movies because you discovered this week seeing District 9, a trailer for a movie you didn't realize was a comic book and then bought the graphic novel. So talk yep. about it. A Bruce Willis film. So The which, Surrogates. The Surrogates. And this is all just based on a viewing of the tra- one viewing of the trailer because I haven't sought it out on online. But... Basically, the plot line is that it's you know, near future, and they've developed these robotic carriers of your conscious. Basically, your avatars almost. Right? You're, it's, almost. It, it's like it's like taking the virtual reality thing, and instead of doing the virtual reality, you actually put yourself into real reality in a virtual body. Mm. So you're laying on your couch at home with all wired up, and your your robot goes out with your body into the real world where it can't get hurt. Where it can have sex, it can get drunk, it can do all kinds of crazy stuff. It can go Why to work. Why would you want to let a robot do Which all that fun because stuff? Because I can't. Because when you go out there, you are handsome, you are strong, and you can't be hurt. And uh, then part of something the fun horrible of being human goes wrong. Is getting hurt, right, Derek? 
<laughs> <laughs> so, so, of course, this is one of those, uh, yeah, it sounds like great and everyone's doing it and it's all over the world and then something horrible goes wrong. It's a, it's an extended. Well, there wouldn't be a story if something ex- didn't go horribly extend, wrong. Extended cop, uh, apparently, investigator Bruce Willis is, is looking Can into play a, anything else? a crime. And it's, it's funny, though, because his, they show his, robotic avatar in the his trailer. surrogate let's just call his it a surrogate, surrogate. that's his why it's called surrogates his surrogate looks like him from moonlighting only with blonde hair yes it, it seen, looks I've he's, seen photos he's of back it. into the the character he played well that's in, the in fifth element and that's the best part of that whole trailer is the fact he's got the worst toupee on yeah or the worst hair piece but apparently throughout the, in the episode, his avatar, he has to go out as his real self into right. this world. Where and he doesn't know how to do it. anything or something, right? I, I, I can't put that much together. I've, I've read the first uh, chapter book of the uh, graphic novel. It's also you know one of the Very first, first uh, stories of Green Lantern has essentially the same plot. Really? Yeah, there's a world where they are all hard-like constructs of themselves where they all sleep and... And things start going wrong on this planet, Lawsuit. and Green Lantern goes to. It's, it's one of his first off-world adventures because okay. he has to solve the problem of why. Why are not first time he met Tomar Marie. Okay. The, the 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 trailer to me just reeked of iRobot, so automatically I was like, oh, this is and iRobot kind of reeked. Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. So I don't know. I don't have a well, lot. Well, I mean, high here's hopes. here's my thing though. It is released. It's being released in September. Which, on one hand, makes me a little nervous, but then I'll also say, because you saw it before District 9, I'm going to say this, District 9 is released in this mid-August yeah. slot, which is usually the tank slot for me, of like, they're out of the really good movies, so now they're going to show us what they think might sucker us in before school gets back in. And then home District run. 9 was a home run, absolutely. Can I ask you this? Did you, you saw the, tra- the did they show trailers in front of your no, screening? The screening did not have trailers for District 9. Did you I see agree. the screening for Legion? The trailer for Legion. Trailer? I'm sorry, yeah. Which one is that? Basically, the Angels one. No, I did not see that one. Oh, well, you guys got to see this trailer because it basically it screamed Hawkman the movie. Okay. So it's one of those, if you so wanted like, to see if Hawkman could be done as a movie. Okay, so it's a look, lot of angels with real wings. Right, with like, but there's a okay. guy who's got armor, and I think he even might have a mace or a sword or something. Does he have like, a hawk mask? No, but he's, you know, it's like how they would shoot it. Or like, never, the movie, really. They did that in Brazil, though. Yeah, I, I mean, it's been around for a while. But, no, it'll be interesting to see. Check the trailer and of out. course, of course, Flash Gordon. Yes. <clears throat> sure, well, they were actually hawk men. That's yeah, true. they were. You're not going to do the voice? You want me to go? <laughs> Attack wave! Dive! Okay, thank you. Wow. You know Ming's law. All right. <clears throat> anyway. He's Odin. The hunter! Uh, oh, anyway. co- just real fast. Did you hear the Diora Baird? Red for a Thor. Who is Diora Baird? Uh, she's a very, very hot actress from Wedding Crashers and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The beginning. Oh, or I didn't something. see the beginning. Or the, yeah, and she the was prequel. just she was at Comic Con for that Stan Helsing. Oh yeah, no, I, I but, didn't see But yeah, it. apparently she read for a part, yeah, and Thor. she can't say because right. Were we going to talk uh, about District Nine at all? We will. I just wanted okay. to throw that little tidbit in because I, I well, love Diora Baird. Let us now talk about District Nine. Okay. Now, every uh, three of us at this table have seen it. Michael Goodson, before he even said a word, walked away. Walked away because he has not seen it yet. So go okay. ahead. Oh, I'm uh, supposed to start about? No, uh, you go I, ahead. I can, I can. Whatever. You guys go first because I it, my review probably won't be as. Favorable. I've been going first all through this. So you. Go. I I I loved it. I thought this was smart science fiction on a low budget, re- relatively low budget. I think it was yeah. thirty million. But the budget film. never showed. I no, don't it think. Didn't. Do you? No, I mean it's the special effects in the last 
but, but it felt like a hundred million dollar movie to me. Don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I mean, that, that's what was impressive to me about it was they lured you in with with kind of a thinking piece, and then I was, and then what I kind of liked about it was for those who need to have their action, it, it shows up in the last third. It paid off, and you know, and it was definitely a movie. And I hope I can say this without making it seem spoiler. It's not. Um, that a lot of people have walked out of that going, well, I mean, gee, what a, it has this opening for a sequel. And I'm like, no, actually it doesn't. It is a movie in which it is open-ended for the purpose of making you ponder what happened next or what what the consequences are. And I like that there's that sure, thinking film. I'm sure that when they wrote it, that's exactly what they were thinking because they're thinking little low I realize film, that I'm not precluding the existence of a sequel. Since it's making so much money – and since it's, I don't want to see a sequel. Yeah. The director's already want. talking about District Ten. He, I that, think that, that sucks. Then I'm sorry. I take it back. It sucks. Don't go uh, because <laughs> I don't want to see a sequel to it. Well, how are they going to change uh, back? No, the, don't. Yeah. Oh, don't this is spoiler free. Well, yeah, this well, is spoiler I mean, free. Still, just just for a little bit. It's, it's not okay. been a week. I mean, you know, I I I just think I I don't want I don't want to see that. I I I'm going to take trust that it does. I you know that that, that things get resolved, but. But what that movie was about was that human drama and how quickly – my only real disappointment with it as a story structure was that they made it concurrent with Apartheid instead of setting it in the near future when my thought would be right. interesting commentary how quickly they fell back into it. Yeah. You know, but that's yeah. just a that's just a minor point, and that's just like – and that I hate that kind of criticism doing it because it's like, well, that's not – that's what I would have done. But – I didn't do it. My only criticism was I felt that it dragged a bit in the part where he's running around in the blanket. I, and there yeah. were, I, I suspect there easily could have cut 15 minutes out of the film, tightened it up, and it would have been an even better film. That said, man, what a uh, just I still from, from it. the and standpoint of a low-budget film and great special effects and yeah. the 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 – when you really get into the special effects, like uh, we won't spoil too much, but there is alien weaponry in this, mm-hmm. and every time one of those guns went off, you just went, "Wow, that's a great effect." And, and I thought, that even though it still was self-serving, the lead character's change of heart, you know, again, it was self-motivated to some extent, but yeah. it was a it was a reasonable progression, and his change of heart was literal, understandable. Well, it was understandable, and and. Fractured, flawed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- it felt realistic. Yeah, it did. And so my yeah. my biggest okay. Here's my take on. It. I, I agree with everything you said. Film, I thought ingenious, uh, new and refreshing. Not a sequel, not a remake. You know, I think you made that point. I think on the on the website. Yeah. You know, everything well, you actually, said. Is, I believe it, David J. Fowley wrote okay. it for me. But but, yes. what, but what I'm saying is is uh. Uh, the, my only problem with it was I I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was a great little sci-fi niche picture. Mm-hmm. It didn't. I didn't connect with it. I really was watching it the whole time, going, "This is cool." But you know, when it was done, I just left, kind of going, "I don't really know." How. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was great. But it's not one of those movies where I walked out totally jazzed and like, "Oh, I'm going to see that again." Well, and okay, I'm gonna I will go. tell you that I don't have the feeling I'm going to see that again. And it's a because for me. The kind of movie where I go, I want to watch that again, is like a really well-made, I'd say, popcorn film. And what was interesting about District 9 was, at least until the last third, it's not a popcorn film. It's gory. 
people mm-hmm. that don't have strong stomachs. There are things, right? But it's not gratuitous. It's disturbing on a couple. It, of it's levels. disturbing and it's intellectual. And what I what I loved about it, at least the first half of that film is this is an art house sci fi movie that somehow snuck onto the right. onto the big yeah, houses. Right. right. And I love that. I'm not necessarily going to watch that again. I agree with you. That's not necessarily the kind of movie where, like Star Trek, I will. Yeah. If that thing shows up on TV. Well, it shows up on DVD. Yeah. My my children are you know going that's to watch a, that over see, and over. That's a movie again. I connected with. Are you yeah. like you know? Yeah. And I guess and the other thing that part and this is just a nitpick. This is just a nitpick. The fact of part of it being like showing part documentary footage. Then mixed with a typical narrative footage. I had a problem with that, and then I got over it. Well, that's kind of one of those things where I realize what I and, and that's the thing to a standard audience, nobody's going to be bothered by that. Right. Yeah. I, but that's just but for those the, of us, who, you know, because I've never seen a if I can still call that kind of a mockumentary. I've never seen a mockumentary that hasn't broken the rules. Mm-hmm. So I was really glad. Actually, right. once I thought about it, I went. I'm glad they just dispensed with it, mm. you know, like because even this, even the Christopher Guest, well, it basically broke down about the same time he did, yeah. You know, and because I think the only mockumentary I've ever seen that doesn't break the rules of its own structure is Spinal Tap. Everyone after that, you has know, I was shown, just trying to think, I has think shown scenes where it's impossible right. for the crew to have known that was going to happen. Right, right. The 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 one thing you know, your your, your comment about second viewings. I don't know that I necessarily wouldn't watch it again. I you know I. I don't know that I'd go out of my way to see it against something new, but this is a this is a movie where it's all about the journey and the exposure and the surprise. But I might and, take someone to it if they yeah, said, "Well, I won't want to go alone." Definitely. Yeah, I'd go to see I, that I, again. I, I hate to think that saying I wouldn't see it a second time would would make somebody not go see it because they don't think they're going to get as much oh, no, out of it. No, 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 no. This is something that it's like a fired round in a gun. You're never going to get that thing back again the way it was originally. This 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 but I don't delivers think it hit as hard as a gun though. Okay, I mean, you know what I mean? Like it just yeah. didn't have that. But that I think impact. I would. I think. I I would one. I would encourage people to see it in the, yeah. the theaters. But I think there's a, there's a community aspect that that's kind of interesting, and I'll, and I probably would get it on DVD or at least ask the magic mailbox to deliver it. So yeah. I you know and let's say this too: the creature design was fantastic. Really good, really I mean, good creature that, design. And it, and somebody, a friend of mine, made the comment where it's like probably you know, and you did say about the CG, but. The CG is probably the best you know, I've seen in a long, a, long time. A flawless integration yeah, you know of, I mean? of live-action human and and 100% CG characters. Like, whereas I watched, was we watched G.I. Joe the week before, <laughs> there were so many scenes where I could <laughs> see, horror. oh, look at this badly done green yeah. screen spot. And they spent, what? Three two, to four times as yeah, much. Yeah, three time. to four times as much as, as District 9. And this was just something. You could just tell this was... A bunch of sci-fi geeks doing their art to the best they could, and they did. You know, they I cared hope. for the project. Yeah, and I liked it. I thought and they it's Weta too. It's the it's Peter Jackson's shop in New Zealand, and they're good. And you had you had uh, writers who wrote interesting human characters in there mm-hmm. as well, because I could have watched a film just about this that gang living in the junkyard. That you know, was interesting. I like that the, a lot. The whole their, how they how the they worked and everything. The Nigerian. But I have one question then, and this is maybe not spoilerific too much because it's okay. in the early. I had one small problem with the actual story is they've been here for twenty years. Okay, mm-hmm. so the MNU, which is the company that knows all this, much about them, this guy Wickus or Vickus, Vickus heads up the thing, and he finds something he's never seen before, and it shoots him in the face. And then he starts having these reactions, and nobody says like, "Dude, quarantine, quarantine." You know what I mean? There was he was able to just walk home and go. You know, well, because like, only the cameraman saw it happen. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying though, they was, saw him bleed black out of his nose. His buddies were like, "While well, he was but eating," but you know that could be soot. 
There's yeah. all kinds of – sadly, there are all kinds of explanations. Sure. I, I, I actually I'll back that up. I've, I've done work in like the, uh, the fireplace or whatever and you're breathing in snog and then the first time you sneeze, man, oh, you do then, feel yeah. like an alien's okay, taking I'm, over and, the body. And, and that was definitely – I mean they'd walk through where people were – you know, there was exploded body parts. But I mean him of, himself though. You would yeah, think he knows yeah. all the stuff. He might go – this I don't know what this no, is. I'm going to get I, myself checked no, out. No, 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 no. I think it's a very, um, especially because they set him up as he's a desk jockey who all of a sudden had to go in. He the field. wants to be really important. Okay, and all I right. know, and I know a lot of males, not necessarily yourself, but I know a lot of males that when something's wrong, and they they say this about in particular American men, we don't go to the doctor. Mm. We go, oh, it's fine. You know, I mean, that there's a that there's a culture, and especially in South Africa, which is far less touchy feely than than Americans are. You know, shake it off. Oh, it's just a Well, see, to me, just that just kind of felt like a, you know, that you, you've had this alien race around no, you for 20 I, years. I totally bought into that. Okay. I did, they, right. they did yeah. not say, I know guys like that. That, that was just my one small that, problem. That would I would say, like, you know, you know, so uh, I, I really, really enjoyed that then. So we can go yeah, I, 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 even I, though I didn't connect with it, I mm-hmm. still, I, I would give it a positive review. And I want to see more movies like that. Original. Yeah. And you don't have to spend a lot of money to dazzle me. You have to write a, you have to write a good story. Right. You have to make a good film. It seems so simple. Yeah. Uh, one that I uh, that's not simple that's coming out this week is Inglorious Bastards. Quentin Tarantino's latest, uh, claiming to star Brad Pitt, but it doesn't really star him. Uh, what? So, so the thing I'd say I was going to take a chick to that movie and get her all no, Brad Pittized. No. Oh. Uh, the thing I would say about Does that Inglorious Pittized um, works for me. The thing about Inglorious Bastards is that it is not the movie that the commercials make it seem to be. And I know we've always said that's a marketing department's I job. I hate that. I hate that. But it's about it's a show little, me the goods. It's over two and a half hours long, and not the goods of the movie. Uh, right, and um, two and a half hours. And I'd say at least half of it is in either German or French with subtitles. Oh, this movie's gonna tank. And the Inglorious Bastards are sort of a force, uh, outside force. There are a couple of plot points end up focusing on them. They're really more – it's more what's happening in Germany and, and how people are responding to the idea that the Inglorious Bastards are running around the German countryside killing Nazis as Brad Pitt's character says. You see kind of the origin as he gathers them. Then it's four years later. It actually begins in, a, in the French countryside. And tells the story of this girl whose family is being killed by the Nazis. And it's really her story. The movie, the meat of the film, is her story and the, po- and the potential for revenge that she gets. And Quentin Tarantino wrote this, right? Quentin Tarantino wrote so this. So let me guess. Rewrote. It's there. a very loose, very loose remake of an exploitation film from the 70s called The Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Uh, spelled differently and, you know. Yeah, why, what's up with the spelling? Why did they? That's what Brad Pitt's character carves into the stock of his rifle. So he, he spelled it wrong? So he spelled it wrong. So that's what the title is. The He's title's not taken a bright from the man. spelling of, of his wow. K- Kentucky colonel. Um, and what's his name? Aldo Nova? Uh, Aldo Rains. Oh, Rains. Based right. on Aldo Ray, who was a, who starred in a lot of World War II movies. Uh, or playing World War II soldiers. So. I really liked the movie, but it's also it's one of the I'd say I think it's potential to tank hate to say because of long periods of subtitles, and it's also I chose to be amused this time around by the what I think is the Tarantino thing of just he's constantly reminding us not only is this a movie but I've seen every movie and every kind of movie ever made, and here's my little homage to that, and here's my little homage to this and that right and and it's and it's I chose to just laugh at those moments where even even in this really tense well-written opening scene 
it begins with the shot of the of the Nazis coming up in a jeep. And the girl runs to her dad and says, Papa, Papa. And then every time they go back over her, the Nazi Jeep is still in the same place coming up the road. So it's like you, the stock footage behind her that, that, that keeps kind of running in a loop. It, it doesn't get close for about five minutes as their little slow-moving scene goes on because Tarantino needs to play with time like that. Okay. And it's, you know, it, it, it does a thing in a movie where it starts in a foreign language and then they say, you know, and then they go like close. Why don't we talk in English? Clies you know? up, clies up. Yeah, that's what he actually does because they go close up on the mouth and then switches to English. Valkyrie did this, the 13th oh, Warrior. Okay. And in this time, yeah. So he says, so the, the Nazi says, I've run out of French. Uh, can we speak in English? Good. And then the scene goes on in English. And neither of them are English, wow. so it's a joke. It's like clearly you, a thing. You just about remind s- me of something that from uh, District Nine, which was the fact that the it's aliens in a, speak in the alien tongue and the the humans speak in the human tongue, and they each understand each other. Mm-hmm. Of course, they subtitle the alien tongue. Yes, but it, I'm just yeah. But that also is a commentary on how they still don't. It's almost like they're looking down on this this inferior race, and they. But still, I know, I know still a lot of people like like my grandmother is Portuguese, but. She can understand Portuguese, but she can't carry on a conversation in it. She has to speak back in English, even okay. though she knows perfectly well. So, I mean, I, again, that's something that didn't take it take me out of it because I, I do understand. And but I agree with Lon too. It's also that kind of the idea that the South, the South Africans and, and it's not South Africans. I think for District Nine to go back there is any of us would do that. You know, not and, bother yeah. to yeah. And Chewbacca, everybody understands what Chewbacca's growls exactly. mean. And, and Wookiees were inferior English. citizens too. Yeah, so Knock anyway, it off, that movie was ball. racist. Yeah, it was. Let's talk. Let's talk about movies what? to come. Uh, rumor this week, and it's more than more than rumor. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie, who wrote uh, the Usual Suspects, uh, has signed to write Wolverine Two. Oh, brother! Well, no, actually, if he's going to write it, the Usual this Suspects. Is, this is a guy with kick-ass with movie. quality. Oh, uh, I know. Uh, Wolverine wasn't right. Wolverine One wasn't, and and. Uh, Hugh Jackman claims, yes, he knows that. It is set in Japan, and they needed someone with high-quality writing ability. But the other thing is, with Macquarie on it, the rumor is this week that they're luring Brian Singer back. Awesome! He's the director of Superman Returns, right? I like to think of him as the director of X-Men and X2. Oh. <laughs> the X-Men movies I liked. Uh, the first Superman. Uh, what? Yeah. No, Wait, no. he's the guy who ruined the Superman franchise, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, keep dreaming there, buddy. Okay. Uh, There should be some excitement. Derek just got two inches shorter. No, I think that – here's what I think. When when, – you, when, you shrunk down there. Uh, unless, of course, he decides to, and this is just a, to, the weirdest one, unless he decides to direct Battlestar Galactica, the big screen remake oh God, of the original why series. Why are doing that? I refuse to process that information. Okay, well – You did hear about that, right? You though? did hear, right? What? Glenn, yes, Universal and Glenn, Glenn A. Larson, the original producer of Battlestar Galactica, are going to make a, a remake of the original series. See, I'm just going to have to block that out from my mind again. And okay. not have anything to do with the Ronald E. Moore series. I wa- yeah, that I want to say to Deb Bretschneider, I'm very sorry for the strange loop that's going to go on while Rick is editing this where he's <laughs> like, I don't know what the last two minutes said. <laughs> go back and, no, I'm not processing that. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Lionsgate picked up Kick-Ass. So I, I don't know what to say beyond that other than they have respectfully requested all websites that have a bootleg Kick-Ass footage from Comic-Con. From Comic-Con. Now, did you see it on Comic-Con? I did. And? Um, uh, optimistic, hopeful. I mean, A, 
it has all the same problems we had during, you know. With the book. Yeah, the book and everything. But, I mean, yeah. the footage looks fun. It looks, you know. I'll see it. Yeah. And uh, I think it could be a fun little cult movie. However, uh, I was reading somewhere online where basically somebody was saying how Lionsgate does not know how to promote a movie. And they'll just possibly maybe even dump it. You never know. So. Because I guess they handled uh, Punisher War Zone. Punisher War Zone. They handled a couple other ones that totally just tanked and failed. But uh, so. the, the other, the ones that I was, uh, they were talking about, it's like you saw Punisher War Zone and you didn't like come back and say, Derek, you got to go see this. Yeah, but I also knew how terrible it was. Right, but, I mean, but that's the point is you can't accuse a company of not knowing how to handle a film when actually what they did was mishandle a film that shouldn't have been seen in the first place. Yeah, okay. And when I mean, you're thinking that Kick-Ass is one that should be seen, then you know maybe they'll do a good job with it. I, I, I don't know because, as always, we're still in the same problem. Of, I don't know how the rest of the world thinks about these things. I don't I think it I has what from, it takes from what I them. saw – and here's the thing. I don't necessarily, necessarily – Follow or you know maybe enjoy the series. It's got a likable lead in the kid. Um, it's got Nick Cage, so it's mm-hmm. got a name star who's you know bigger than let's say the Punisher's whatever Ray Stevenson, and um, it's got a ten-year-old mass murderer. So yeah, <laughs> well, I think if they if they sell the bait with how the first book was basically sold on, I can see a lot of people in this country going, yeah, this kid dresses up and he gets his. Gets the crap beaten out of him. Mm. That's probably not the word they'd use, and they think that's funny and go, yeah. you know. And so I, I think that I, I think it could be successful. I also wanted to say, and again, we missed it last week. Sony picked up the imagine uh, the Imaginarium of Doctor oh, Parnassus. So they that saw, didn't have a studio. It did not. Wow. Uh, and in fact, Lionsgate is the one releasing it in England and Europe, mm. but it did not have a U.S. release date. Now Sony's picked it up. Don't know yet when they're going to release it, but you can see the trailer for that on Fanboy Planet. And I gotta say, and maybe that's a you know, it's another cult thing. I know that. Yeah, it but looked very it cultish. looked like exactly the kind of movie where I'm just gonna sit there and drool through that whole thing. So to me, the stuff they showed at Comic Con looked fun and cool, but there's a lot of CGI stuff in this. And I don't. You guys are more Terry Gilliam fans than I. Gilliam. Di- Gilliam. 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 Um, didn't he do more practical stuff in his earlier films, like no. practical effects? It was all computer. Oh no, 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 oh, no, no, no! He no, definitely did practical. Yeah, effects. it was all in camera, like stuff, stuff on and, sticks and miniatures and, and stuff. Right. Yeah. And, this yeah. one looked just action figures held by hand. Yeah, this all just—it's a lot of CGI. I'm surprised. And to yeah. me, it, there was a lot of stuff where I was kind of like, "Oh, this is really." But CGI. I want to trust his. It wasn't all that charming when he did it. It, it really did show a low budget, and it wasn't all that great. But see, I mean, to me though, if you can that he, create that magical world and it's all practical, it's all there. You're like, I don't know that. That's the money that you see on the screen. I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I, I understand where you're coming from. I think it's really hard to do that and, and come up with new stuff. Sure. Yeah. The, and I think the audience. And does I just want to see, see it because I the other thing I'm going to say about it is it's probably the first time that Vern Troyer is going to be in a good movie. Wow. Um, let's really? let's okay. hope. What? Are you, are you going to defend I was going to say, I was like, um, Awesome Powers too. No, that, no. that movie uh, Were you going to defend uh, what was the, one, the Love Guru? No, I can't yeah, okay. defend the Love okay. Guru. Um, while we were talking about Lionsgate, uh, the Gamer. 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 Uh, did you see the, the, the uh, preview for that? For no. Comic-Con? I've just seen a couple comic or uh, The Gerard Butler movie. The, I saw like a five-minute preview that they were running in a loop at their booth. It looked really good. It's another one of those. It's another September release that sounds really intriguing. 
And again, there it is. If you can give me even an action film, but a, a low-budget science fiction film with a great concept, and if the execution's yeah. halfway decent, I am there. And is it just? And I've said this a million times. Is Gerard Butler not the next Mel Gibson? Like every well, time I well, watch him, I think the, early Lethal Weapon. Yeah, every but time here's I, the problem with that. I mean, I I, I think there's a lot of uh, the guy has a lot of potential, but how long must he? Be tooling in these kinds of movies before someone says right. he's Mel Gibson because he's been kicking around for a long time. Right, right. So to make that, I, you know, I mean, there was three hundred. He needs a buddy cop film right now. They need to well, remake. He's got one, well, he's got sort of a buddy cop film. This thing with Jamie Foxx coming. Uh, Perfect, Lethal Weapon Five, right yeah, there. Yeah, there you know, okay. when I was looking at this, I wasn't thinking of Mel Gibson. I was thinking more of um, Russell Crowe. No, uh, Highlander. Uh, no, Christopher, Lambert. Christopher Lambert. Oh, please don't let him have that career. Because Lambert was in, what, Fortress? There was a movie sort of... Yeah, Fortress just, yeah. felt a lot, a lot too. Like that. I think Gamer's going to be better than that. I, I do, too. It's it, got it, a, it like, looks... death race kind of feel, though, too. And I would like him to be... But, I, I, yeah, I, I, I've but had is... my ups and downs with Jerry Butler because he was also in uh, the second Tomb Raider movie, and I hated that movie so badly. Oh, okay. Uh, and he was Phantom of the Opera, which was supposed to be like his big real shot. Was he was the Phantom? Oh, I forgot about that. And you know, so he's been a guy that uh, has sort of been on the edge for a long time. Yeah. Dracula two thousand. Actually, the Phantom wasn't a bad movie. I mean, I, he was just bad. I haven't no, seen it. No, he just no, was wrong for no, it. Yeah. You know, that's. But uh, I like Jerry Butler. I, you know what? That what was that movie? The chick flick he did, Ugly Truth or the something. Ugly Truth. I haven't seen that, but I kind of I was like sitting there going, I would actually watch that. Yeah, I saw friends at work saw it and they said it was fine. I would see it probably just for him. They were well, chicks. Why don't we go? Maybe. Okay. Okay. Man crush. Uh, okay, maybe. Yeah, I like. Him. I, I I think he's got a charisma. I think absolutely. They should put him and Ryan Reynolds in a film. So ooh. and just call it Derek and Lon's <laughs> Perfect <laughs> Night. <laughs> Let's write that screenplay. There's another two minutes I'm going to forget right now. <laughs> but it better be staying in the podcast. Um, you know, when we talk about the next whatever, how about the next Tobey Maguire? I also saw a Who's going to be the next Tobey Maguire? Po- I saw a poster me. for I po- saw a poster for a film that's starring Tobey Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal, and I'm thinking, aren't they really the same guy? <laughs> but anyway, uh, and I think it's actually it's called Brothers. Uh, uh, it's not called We Both Nailed Kirsten Dunst. I, actually, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I believe that's the plot of the film. Not Kirsten Dunst, but an actress who looks a lot like her. Oh, okay. The reason I say we're looking for uh, <laughs> who the next Tobey Maguire is is because uh, Sony's announced that they are indeed – they've in, uh, contracted a screenwriter to write Spider-Man 5 and 6 before 4 has even been shot. What? And what they're looking at is can he write a screenplay that will reboot the series? <laughs> can he write a plot line where Spidey gets fat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's middle-aged and uh, – uh, because they want to turn it around and say, and if Tobey Maguire doesn't want to do it, they'll do it. They'll do it lower cost and with a cheaper actor and totally CG go. actor. He never takes the mask off. You know what? I'd be okay with that. That'd be a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> That'd be fine. And at this point, that could work. You know what I mean? Because now everybody's seen the first three. Yeah. All they want is a Spider-Man movie, oh, and yeah. it's just like the old. You know, it's like when we had Terminator Three. Terminator Three sucked, but it had Arnie Arnold, in it, yeah. and it. Kept the story going, and I bet you it made tons of money overseas. Well, and that's... it made enough to create Terminator Salvation, which made tons of money overseas, and right. is now it's just a, now it's just a property. So you don't even need. I don't. Do we need Tobey Maguire? No. Well, no. okay. So uh, get Marlon Wayans. You hurt me. Anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, I, I had enough room to put crickets in there. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure. Talk how, about Black Spider-Man. That's I wasn't sure how to segue out of that. Let's go to some tea. Oh, but you know about Spider-Man, we should say this also. The other thing Spider-Man has managed to He's do. He's been defeated. He's been defeated by Broadway. In New York. By Julie Taymor. Island of It was announced last week that uh, at least, let's see, what was it supposed to open in February? So a good six months before it was scheduled to open, the Spider-Man musical, Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. Spider-Man. You keep saying Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Well, if you'd been Spider-Man, there would have <laughs> like been some... Spider-Man's there been over with the gold Slater. Irving Spider-Man, nice I to meet that's you. that's what John Stewart said when the Spider-Man rights were out. Is like, you know, if you're going to Hollywood, you're not Spider-Man, you're Spider-Man. You're mm. Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. I can call it Spider-Man because it's Spider not going to happen. Mm. Uh, it is bankrupt. It has gone broke. I can't... I, how many... Tens of millions that thing has gone for. Nothing, just in How development. How do they burn the money? How do you burn? I don't know. Did Bono only want, I don't know. Bono. 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 He only wanted Bono. people to call him Bono. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that would cost money. Um, this is just astounding. Um, did anyone else think this was a terrible idea from the beginning? I did. Uh, no, oh, okay. I was, uh, you know, I thought it could add work. it to the list of superhero okay, musicals. But let me say, see, here's that the thing. Failed. Here's the thing, Lon. You don't like musicals as a form anyway. Nope. No. So, I, so already, I, I'm sorry, but I have to take your opinion out because things that have that people would think are stupid ideas have worked very well as musicals, like Captain America, the musical. I've that got never idea. happened. Like Batman, the that, musical. That Sesame puppets, like that have Spider-Man, sex. Sesame music. Street puppets, Avenue that have Q. Sex. Jesus uh, Christ, see. Superstar, yeah. Yeah. Phantom of the Opera, yeah. not superheroes. Mary Poppins. Poppins. Name me a Mar- name Mary me Poppins. a superhero. Mary, she flies. Titty, titty bang bang. <laughs> I'm just saying, superheroes Actually, and musicals do well. don't mix. <laughs> yeah. um, well, we know because Tarzan kind of tanked. But see, why I had hoped Tarzan for Spider-Man stayed around for quite He's a while. Not a Tar- Jungle Boy, different. I beg to nope. differ. Fantasy, fantasy, and superhero, nope, two different nope, things. Nope, nope, superhero. Okay. Nope. Superhero, no nope. superhero. If you're gonna call, if you're gonna claim Batman as a superhero, Tarzan is a superhero. Thank you, Rick. No, I disagree. Yes. Yes. No. Talks to the animals. Anyway. He's Aquaman in the Africa. <laughs> now, Aquaman the musical could work. I would, uh, well, at least at Marine World. <laughs> Ooh, the water show. Ooh. And I've seen Aquaman I, the water show. And I sat through the Batman water show at, at Marine World, so I, you know, I know. Wow. Yeah, okay. speedboats, speedboat stunt show. I was, I was, I was guessing that was where I, it I've seen many of the Batman stunt shows held at these Six Flags amusement parks. Um, yeah, so it's dead. Who knows what's going to happen? And we're saying, will there be a U2 album called Turn Off the Dark? And you know, I goes, think that's the way you save it is that you release the album and you, you take the proceeds from the album and you refund the uh, – I don't think you refund anything. You just go, well, you suck. Yes, yeah, you recoup some of your losses. No, you fund the music. The, yeah, the well, the maybe. We'll see. Uh, let's go. Musical, musical fans are crazy people. I mean, the people who are behind Jekyll and Hyde getting, getting done and stuff. I mean, was that – And pretty, there's some nice things about Jekyll and Hyde. It certainly yeah. saved – David Hasselhoff's career. And uh, let's turn to TV, some development things. Uh, Midnight Mass, a, a comic book series that like Lon's never even heard of. I've never nope. heard of it. Vertigo did two miniseries. I didn't remember a second one. I remember there was a fir- I remembered the first one, uh, which is basically a husband and wife supernatural detective team. Boom. Kind of like heart to heart. Yeah, out of a, out of a town called Midnight in Massachusetts. Okay. 
Boom. I mean, it's that's, it's, that's got NBC series written all over it. Well, in fact, it does, Solid NBC by is indeed going to uh, really is, what is a looking to develop it. So, and, and uh, the editor of Vertigo at the time, I think, I want to say it was Karen Berger, but I may be wrong, uh, was actually let go and before Midnight Mass hit. So she's been hired by NBC. Yeah, maybe, uh, but but it's just kind of interesting that she's it's like some of the books that she okayed, like the Human Target thing, yeah. uh, the miniseries that Vertigo did. These have all been the ones that have been sold for television, and it's yeah. looking like she did understand these are these are things that could get us some mainstream attention. Yeah, uh, yeah. There we go. So it's still too soon to say what's going on with it, but it was announced that it's there. Kind of, I like it when an obscure property gets bought because then you can say, oh, you know, that was probably the period in Vertigo where they said, oh, it's not Sandman. It shouldn't. Let's not do it, because you know, there was that. They'd have been so successful with, San, with Sandman, and well, and they're still flailing around trying to find something that will duplicate that success. You yeah, know? well, Fables. Fables. Since then, Fables is Fables, kind of but you know, in. and they're very afraid of what's going to happen when Fables ends, because it does. Have, you know, he's Bill Willingham has said there's a finite ending. To he that. will die someday. Uh, okay. Everyone dies, Rick. But what man truly lives? Me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sadly. Um, anyway, uh, other odd news this week was announced that Zan and Jaina are coming to Smallville. The Wonder Twins will be on the fifth episode of Smallville. And you know what? And Michael Goodson just did a nodding off move, and it's like, how many years has it been since you've watched Smallville anyway? Several. Yeah, and you know what? It's how many years since we've cared about a podcast that would hold your interest? Several. Several. Yeah. So it, it's just okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I would say, you know, I don't watch Smallville at all, but I would, th- I think that's a brilliant move. I, it's I, geared towards teens. You bring in two quirky teens that have to an animal and you know, and water. shenanigans. They're they're already talking budget problems on that show with how much things cost. And if you're going to do like jam- another two superheroes, you're going to have to cut back on the budget a bit. So I suspect there's not going to be any gleep. Wow, gleep. just like Comic Con, <laughs> and you blew the reference, but that's okay. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> I said gleep. You said gleep. It's I, know, I, know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really care. But now when he edits it, it's not going to come out that way. Ah. Anyway, I mean, yeah. No How gleep. much budget do you need to have? You have a dog with a Z on it, <laughs> on a collar, and a bucket of water. Ooh, those superpowers were expensive <laughs> to show. You know, if Dora can afford the monkey, I think Smallville <laughs> okay. You just got to train the monkey to carry the bucket of water. And I think water. we never quite mentioned that at Comic-Con it was announced <laughs> Jeff Johns is going to write an episode and bring back the JSA. So in an episode entitled Society. Don't you have a problem with that? I do have a problem with that because in a, in a series that has established as one of its things that there was no, there were no superheroes before, there is not a tradition of heroism on this show. Now to say that there was Super, a retired – I mean, yeah. yeah okay. of, of superheroism. Maybe yeah, they were covert ops. Well, you could explain I'm sure that that's way. what they're going to do. They're probably Maybe not the in Maybe the government spandex. shut them down and we just never talked to them about it. It's like the Sentry. Or like the Freedom Fighters, or like, yeah, was uh, that from Watch? No, the Minutemen. The Minutemen. Minute uh, yeah, I mean, and then something similar did happen to Justice Society in the comics. They said that the that the House on American Activities Committee forced them to unmask. So rather than unmask, they quit. But you'd think people still would have known about them. So yeah. Oh my God, Rick! Without your glasses, you're exactly. Rick. Yeah. You're miracle, Rick. <laughs> you're the producer of this podcast. Miracle Grow. Oh, that's a superpower. Lordy. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see. And Brian Austin Green is going to be in the first couple of episodes of Smallville as Metallo. So Interesting. To awesome, because I'm really a big fan of his work. 
Did, but did you watch the Sarah Connor Chronicles? I did, and I'm kidding. I hated his work. But. I, I really, I, I liked him a heck of a lot better on that than anything else I'd ever seen him. Yeah, in. probably. So, I liked him a lot better off of Megan Fox. That's all I like. <laughs> well, he is. They've apparently <laughs> broken up too. So you're okay. You have a shot now, Lon. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. What has also allowed me to have a chance for me to get a Blu-ray player because PS3 prices are dropping by a hundred bucks. bucks. So they dropped a hundred dollars to two ninety nine. They're still the most expensive system. Their base system is still the most expensive system. But on you the get a Blu-ray today. player, but they're which lo- would be two hundred bucks on money, its own. though, aren't they? Yeah, the Blu-ray players are artificially inflated. I'm sorry. Well, any new the technology prices. is beat. You're going to see it drop again. But yeah. you know, right now, and that's for the the PS3 Slim. But right now, you can also get things at, at, at deals like I've already seen at Best Buy. You can get. Uh, and I'll sell this. If you go into the store, you can get a pack. You order online, but pick up at the store a package of the PS3 80 gig for 300 bucks. That includes Little Big Planet, which is the PS3's best-selling game, yep. and a Blu-ray copy of Wall-E. So it's a good kids package. That's yep. definitely trying to bring that in. So I mean, if you if you count those as you know, I mean, I know they're often free deals like that, but that's to say those are at least 30 bucks a piece. Not saying it's a bad deal. It's a, it's a pretty good deal. But so yeah. And considering how a lot, you know, they're saying, uh, you know, they're, they are trying to push the, the Blu-ray as a format. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to do it. Yeah, it's just Joe American doesn't want to lay out twice as much for the Blu-ray as the no. DVD when Especially he really can't in, tell the difference. No, but I'm also seeing a lot of DVDs. Yeah, well, that's true, too. I mean, there's a problem, but I'm also seeing a lot of the Blu-rays coming down, and as happened with the, with the DVDs. Yeah. The older they get, the longer they sit on the shelf. Suddenly, oh, they are 5 to $10, yeah. you know, and... And so far, nobody's seen fit to invest in in releasing really, really, truly crappy films on DVD on Blu-ray the way they did on DVD. So they're only putting out good stuff that people will buy. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I think there's something interesting to that. Um, something that I just don't know where this fits, but it's happening next Wednesday, and thank God I will be safe in this store. <laughs> the zombies are coming, Derek. That's right. There's a zombie walk in downtown San Jose on August 26th in the Sofa District. In the Sofa wow. District, which That's is where right I by w- my house, which is where I work. Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> you're gonna have to try and get out of there alive. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see you inside of the fence at Notre Dame looking it's, out it's the, the zombies day. walking up and down the sidewalk. It's, it's Think the, of it as a practice. It's the first day of school, and I'm going to say, kids, save yourselves. <laughs> I'm going to run over five students trying to get out of the parking lot safely. Do we know who's putting this on? Or Phil no? Moresca. Uh, really? You know Phil. I do. Uh, is one of the organizers. That much I read in this. Isn't Jose Slave Mercury Labor Day. Graphics slave sponsoring? Labor. Yeah, yeah, sponsoring. Slave, yes. Yes. slave Labor is. And they're just a block away. You suddenly filled me with terror that I'm not going to be able to escape without some sort the of psychological is, trauma. There will undoubtedly be people going down there already made up as zombies, but they will be taking people off the street and making them into zombies. No! They're... <laughs> During the event, they will be now, what a zombie happen- face painting fair. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, what happens if somebody so like doesn't the- know about this and like literally freaks out and brings their think, shotgun? And I goes, don't think there will be a second I think that's zombie ca- walk. <laughs> that's called that's called a big win, Lon. That's called that's called like a media a frenzy. Like, what if a hobo is just sleeping and he wakes up and goes, "Oh my god, it's finally here!" Where's worse than that? Bat and yeah, exactly. one like, it's, it's the guy with the samurai sword. Self defense. <laughs> He's all, I'm gonna love and that. And they moment. thought I was oh. crazy. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, I knew it wasn't swine flu. I'm just gonna be wearing my I'm just gonna be wearing my little Shaun of the Dead button that says "Aim for the head," and, <laughs> and then they'll hit you in the head. You're taking the wrong tact. I'd convince everyone else it was real, then lock yourself in a high school <laughs> full of schoolgirls. Which is why you will never be invited to my place of work. Yeah. Look at me, ladies. Last male survivor of humanity. You. Yeah. <laughs> You're giving me the creeps. You're trying to... And I'm Michael Goodson. <laughs> you were. So... <laughs> Yes, Lon. You have one this more, just in. Or we have one, I had one more thing before. Are we just about done? I think so. We've we've really Lon is lost making effort not that. to cut you off at the end. I do really appreciate that. Just one. I had I one last little him. one last little fun fact about a Comic Con swag item I picked up. Ooh! I picked up. Uh, or I was handed actually at the Spartacus bo- or A and E booth or whatever. It was putting out the Spartacus show that stars they stars or stars. I think uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. they gave out T-shirts and stuff like that, but they gave out a Spartacus flash drive, a one gig flash drive, yes. uh-huh. which I love those as swag. I think that's awesome, an yeah, awesome gift. Yeah, because you get a flash I drive. The, I got the same one. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. So uh, I last week I ended up putting uh, an important document on it and uh, ended up leaving it in my pocket. Went through the washing machine, went through the dryer. Still good. Put it back in the computer, played like perfect, and I was like, so when you're wow. looking for computing equipment, I was well, like, go to stars. Uh, only a Spartacus, only a, a drive <laughs> called Spartacus could survive no, but, that much uh, of having, a beating. Uh, having actually done that with flash drives before, because they're solid state. There's no moving parts in there. Uh, okay. it's, it's, but it is circuitry, and you kind of... You, you, no, I mean, they survive. As long as it dries out before you go play I would it say out. as well, and also, put I've got to say my Bluetooth headset <laughs> also survived a trip through the washing wow. machine. But I just thought, how tough is that drive? I know. And the fact that they That's named exactly it what I Spartacus, yes. I thought was awesome. So, well, That's an endorsement. as we are all Spartacus, I'm really, I'm, Spartacus. Der- I'm really Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And if you have any questions, comments, compliments, or complaints, it's to editor at FanboyPlanet.com. And uh, Lon Lopez. I'm Michael Goodson. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to listen to these guys. Hello, I am the Monarch, and I am currently chasing Dr. Venture around. That's so sweet. <laughs> I just wanted to remind you to use your powers only for good. They make my cheeks feel warm. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Mm. All right, children, I'll talk to you later. Say hi to Trip Whip for me. Oh, I will. <laughs> Trip Whip? <laughs> when you sent me that text, I nearly cracked. Trip Whip? Yeah. Well, Trip Whip. That's Eric's, Eric's new nickname is Trip, Triple Whip. <laughs> <laughs> There's reasoning. Oh, yeah, what was it? Triple whip. Oh, this is really good. What was it? It's like triple whip frosting. I can think of two reasons. What's oh, the no. third? No, it's, it's Vanilla. 
What was it? Triple Whip Vanilla? Yeah, I I was telling a story how we were in the grocery store. This can't be cut out. We were in the grocery store. (laughs) It will be. And I, pregnant woman, was desiring, you know, frosting. And there was a woman in the aisle, and she said, you should get that for her, because you know she's just going to swipe it and put it in the grocery cart. To which Eric glared at her, laughed at me, and sighed and said, okay, what do you want? (laughs) So So that's one whip. So then. (laughs) You know which way. (laughs) Chris, Chris, uh, quote, Clayton, the, the new employee here, said, oh, so it was triple whip was it no triple whip vanilla it was triple whip that vanilla. was the flavor yeah and uh lawn said oh that's his new nickname trip whip yeah. so Eric's triple whip vanilla trip whip i'm still only counting two whips there there's no it just means <laughs> i he's, know uh, but it's triple whipped it's so dirty I, that's okay he's triple whip that's why i was good i was only counting two all right so good thank <laughs> you go off and, and give him our love I didn't even realize there was a dog under the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stealthy ninja dog. What's up next? The comics industry. What you know about this and what you might think the impact would be. I would. It's going to be that a red alert. Was. That timing was incredible. <laughs> to evacuate the ship. <laughs> uh, every man for himself. Somebody shove the pregnant woman down and get up. <laughs> Just run over me. Zombie apocalypse. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, yeah, okay. So um, actually, actually, it may have- Black Hawk is yeah. a good already owned fit, right? Yep. yep. Can I talk really, really briefly? Mm-hmm. So this is David Nakayama, mm-hmm. and he is a cover artist. He's, We've met. Uh, yeah, so. He's very young. Who's the guy holding him? Exactly. <laughs> So he didn't know about the podcast, and I said that you guys might want to talk to him someday because he does the Right, that's why I gave him my card. But he didn't know who you were, so I'm like, I forgot what He was drunk when he came in. He said not with the baby, and I'm like, are you kidding? Come on. It's not extreme. I found this baby, too. The baby might have some pretty good insights into... We were going to talk shorts later. baby doesn't trust you, Derek. Get it, shorts? The baby, yeah. The baby's not going to trust you. Well, his name is Logan. Oh. oh. They have adamantium. You're so loud. Stop screaming. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. He was scared to come over, and I was like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, it was a good time, actually. We're a terrifying crowd. Finished, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes there's a fourth person, and it's even scarier. And in fact, this might be a good time to bring you in as that fourth person to talk about Diamond. So, so we're going to do. Let's, don't just start talking. We'll, we'll give an introduction for you. Okay. Uh, to the topic, and we'll invite you into talk. So we were just finishing up with the Doc Savage, and then mm-hmm. you pretty much just wrapped it up. Yeah, fine. yeah. So I think that's so just go ahead and do your intro. Okay. Another piece of news that came out this week is that. So yeah. does does uh, Edge own the rights to the movie and to the music? The music I don't know. Edge. Well, they come well I mean that'll be interesting. That'll album? be interesting because you know there um, what was that the Jim. That's a way to recruit some of your losses. Mm-hmm. The, um, you release that album, you become a cult favorite without the Broadway show. The guy that pays for the, the Broadway the guy, show. The guy that wrote the Batman music. Uh, who, right? No, he, oh. no, no. I'm sorry, the Batman music for the musical that never happened. Ah, right. Um, Jim, uh, the guy that writes for Meatloaf. Uh, Steinman. Sh- Jim Steinman, of course, and I love him. And I, uh, but Jim Steinman has five songs from the Batman musical that have been bootlegged out. And, it's a sh- and I think he recorded two of them but because he's Jim Steinman and he hadn't convinced Meatloaf to sing them. Nobody bought, bought the album. But if, if Meatloaf sang the Batman songs. Yeah, but it's, you know, Steinman actually has a decent voice himself. Oh, he does, but nobody likes him. Nobody knows who he is. Yeah. He doesn't have the fan following. Mm-hmm. 
Venom, which is weird because I like him a lot. I like him a lot because it's it's clearly it's all his have music. Have you ever heard Pandora's Box? Yes, I have Pandora's okay. Box. Yes, that's yeah. a little bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking wait, looking for an original sin. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for an original. Well, and I just loved him and this, the music from Streets of Fire. The songs I love most in Streets of Fire is Yeah, I Can Dream About You. No, that oh. was that guy died. Um, he did. Oh, yeah. Well, no, he wrote the he wrote the Diane Lane songs. Um, I don't remember. It's fine. I saw that movie once on the, HBO. It's a a, that's ago. a deliriously over-the-top macho rock and roll musical. There's a scene where Diane Lane is up on a bar. Thank you. Oh, sorry. I'm not hearing. You don't want to because I've turned it off. There. I hear me now. I hear you. Can See, you hear it was, I thought everything was dead. Can you hear you now? I can hear me now. And I like it. Jesus. 